Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. What an honour and a privilege it is to speak, to be on this platform today and to be sharing God's Word in a space that has been so beautifully prepared. And can we just honour everyone who's been a part of just stewarding what's been going on here today so far? Can we put our hands together and just... Honour them and honour the Lord God. We're so grateful. We're so grateful that you turn up, that as we gather together to worship you, you come and you dwell among us. You dwell in us, Father. We're so grateful that as people join us online from lounge rooms, that your presence manifests. They encounter you. They meet with you, that you bring revelation, that you bring healing, that you're moving in the supernatural, God. And we don't take it for granted in any way. What an honour and a privilege it is to be able to gather and meet today and then be able to know your presence in the way that we do. And so, Lord, we say thank you. And God, we know that in this place right now that's been so beautifully prepared that you can do amazing things. And our hearts are open and our hearts are ready. And we just say yes and amen, Lord, to whatever you want to do in us this morning, God. And as for the person sitting to our left and our right, we say, get them good, Lord. Mess them up good, we pray in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, it is beautiful to be sharing today. Hey, I just, uh, I want to thank you too, just for bearing with us. I know we've got a full house. There are very few seats left and that is a great thing. Praise the Lord. Uh, Part of that is because we have the children with us, as Tim said, next Sunday, kids program kicks back. In the meantime, we just love having the kids in the room. We love having our kids team in the room, being able to receive as well. And so just thank you for your patience in that. We've even got people sitting up in the loft today. We call that the upper room. So how cool is that? And uh, for safety reasons, those windows only just slightly open. They're all like looking through these tiny gaps in the windows. So yeah, that's awesome. Hey, we're going to get into it. I want to give you a quick recap of where we're at. Last week, we kicked off a series. It's called Walking with God, and we are spending four weeks in four chapters of Exodus. And last week's message was called The Cost of Compromise. And we looked at this scene in Exodus chapter 32, where the Israelites make this golden calf. They worship this golden calf. Moses is up the mountain with the Lord. God says, hey, Moses, you better get back down there and see what they're doing. And you remember this scene, Moses go down. He says to Aaron, he's like, what's going on here, Aaron? Aaron says, I just asked for their gold jewelry. I threw it in the fire and this golden calf just popped out. It's the most amazing thing. And then we worshipped it. Anyway, last week we realised that Compromise, spiritual compromise in our life will rob us from the plans and purposes that God has for us. And those plans and purposes are good. 
They're wonderful. If you're yet to know him for yourself, God has great things for your life. And as we compromise in places, we actually move away from those things that God has for us. I thought it was interesting. Uh, what we didn't read last week is that after they worshipped the golden calf, uh, Moses came down from the mountain. Uh, he was furious. He had the Ten Commandments written on stone tablets. He was so furious, he smashed the Ten Commandments. He took this golden calf, he melted it down, he had it ground into dust, and then he had the people who had worshipped it um, drink the water with the golden dust in it. Isn't that fascinating? And I thought what was interesting is that this was their gold. And in a sense, if they wanted their gold back, you understand what they had to do, right? They had to go to the toilet and then find their gold after that. Yeah, that's their God. The God that they had been worshipping had just been ingested by them. And it puts into reality some of the idols in our lives how they can just be torn down and stripped away and we see that actually there is no value in worshipping those things at all. After this, there are two judgments on the people because the penalty of sin is death. And this is full on to read these things, but these judgments are actually the result of Moses pleading before the Lord to not just wipe these people out and God he turns his anger away from them. And we see that here we are today on the other side of the cross where Jesus took our judgment, the judgment for our sin, and now we can be covered by the blood of Jesus and be seen as righteous. Is anyone grateful that we live in this place where Jesus has died in our place and paid the price for our sin. This is amazing news. Well, today I want to speak to you about being set apart for God. I want you to turn the person next to you right now, give them a good just point in their face and let them know you have been set apart for the Lord. Set apart for Him. What we're going to do today is we're going to pray for people. We're going to anoint people with oil as a symbol of being set apart for the Lord, for His plans and purposes. So that's where we're going to finish up our day today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus 33. We're going to read some scripture. We're going to start at verse 7. And uh, I've included this to give you a little bit of the backstory to a conversation that we're going to read that Moses has with the Lord. Exodus 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. 
Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favour with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. One of the challenges that we face in Christianity Christianity today is that we broadcast this message, hey, um, come to Jesus just as you are. And it's a wonderful message and it's a true message. Jesus calls us just in the place that we are. But the message that doesn't come often enough is that he loves us too much to let us stay in that state. And so we end up with these baby Christians who have come to Jesus and they've they've had a sniff of a new life and yet nothing actually changes in their life. They miss out on the transformation that Jesus has for them. They miss out on this life, the plans and the purposes that the Lord has for them. When I look back on my early years as a follower of Jesus, I laugh at myself. The way that I lived, the things that I did, the things that I said, I am so grateful for people in my life that challenged me and helped me and encouraged me to grow out of my old life and into the life that Jesus had for me. I remember talking to um, a very close mentor of mine one day. We were in the car together and uh, I'd seen some breakthrough in my life as a young Christian. And to be honest, I thought I was smashing it. I just thought, man, like Moses, like Danny's way above Moses, you know? Like he's got nothing on me, I'm killing this. And I remember talking to my friend who was a long time mature Christian. And he was saying, how's things going on in your life, your walk with Jesus and stuff? Saying, man, I'm just smashing it. Like, this is great. I overcome some huge obstacles in my life. And then I was talking with him. I said, how about, how about you? How are things going with you? He said, yeah, you know, oh, wow. The Lord's really been speaking to me recently about um, just being really careful about the things that I say about people. 
and just that the things that I say about people, that they reflect God's heart for those people and that I wouldn't say anything about anyone else that would cause them to not think anything that God doesn't think about them. And yeah, he was just sharing a bit of his journey. And I'm sitting in my seat and just, I, I, I don't believe he had any intention of doing this, but in a split second, I was just so humbled. And I just realised, oh man, I've got a bit of work to go yet, don't I? Like that thing right there, that's something I, I need to work on. And maybe I'm not quite at this place that I thought I was. But when we come to Jesus, we move from living this life that was not concerned about the things of God to living this life that is centred all around Him. Our life is now Him. We are surrendered to Him. As we come to this text today, there are, there are three purposes in this text for why God actually sets us apart. Number one, God sets us apart for relationship with God. And this is where we fall short so often. We come to the Lord, we get saved, whatever that looks like, and yet our relationship with the Lord doesn't grow. In verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you have found favour with me. Can you imagine God saying this to you? If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. You know, the Exodus wasn't just about getting the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land. It was also about them having a personal experience with the living God in a way that would transform them as a people. It was a journey God was taking them on where they were going to learn who He was and what it looks like to follow Him every day of their lives. And the same is true for you and I. We don't just come to Jesus to get out of hell and into heaven. Wonderful thing Jesus has done for us. That's great. But if that's all it was, we would step foot into that place and God could just say, hey, come home with me right now. And that hasn't happened for us who are here today yet, right? It means God has more for us. He has plans and purposes for us. And what we find is we have so many people who wander through life without a relationship with God. Our churches are full of people who pop in for an hour a week and yet they don't know who the Lord is. God desires a full-time relationship with every single one of us. This is who He is. And we're coming into this season, kicking off tomorrow of 40 days of prayer and fasting. If there was ever an opportunity for you to press in and increase the intimacy of your relationship with the Lord, this is the time for us to do it. This is the opportunity. So we've been set apart for relationship with God. We've been set apart for God's plans and purposes. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 
Here we are at the beginning of the year. How easy is it for us just to set out into this year and think I've got plans and I've got purposes for this year and I'm going to set out and I'm going to do that and tomorrow all the kids go back to school and work's happening and life is just happening and then at some point we realise, wow, I just forgot about the Lord. Like I left him back at January 2nd and it's February already, right? The Lord promised that his presence will Go with us. Do we do we have people in the room who keep chickens? Who's how many people have chickens? Let's get a good show of hands. All right, it's a good indicator. <laughs> Richard's looking around because he loves eggs. Listen, I have had chickens for years now. We love keeping chooks and there was this one night we were actually sitting on the couch and we were uh, watching telly and while we were sitting on the couch we heard this knock, knock, knock at the back door and I kind of turned the telly down and I thought, did someone just knock on the back door? Now to be fair, at the time we lived on a church property in a church house and sometimes people would drop around, they made themselves very at home and they might come around to our back door and just knock on the back door, just let themselves in, help themselves to the fridge, whatever that looked like. But we're sitting on the couch, we hear this knock, 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 I think, was that a knock? And then like a minute later, another knock at the back door. And I thought, oh, I definitely heard that. So I get up, I go to the back door, I open the door, no one's there, but there's a chicken at the back door. And we usually, we lock our chooks up at night just to keep them safe. And so I'm looking at this chook and I'm thinking, why aren't you in your cage, on your roost? We hadn't locked them up yet, but it was still weird that he was out. And then I had that thought. I thought, I wonder if something's wrong. Like, where's the other chooks? And so I, I got the torch and I wandered up to the chicken cage. And I looked in and there were some of our chickens on the roost in the chicken cage but right underneath them was this huge carpet python. And it, it was kind of, I could tell that it was just sitting there waiting for its moment, right? It was KFC for dinner for this, this python. And so our chicken had come to the back door <laughs> and got our attention so Dan could come and save the day, Right? Now, why am I telling you this? Because when God says, I will give you rest, if we pull that apart in the Hebrew, what God's saying to his people is, I will give you a place to roost. And a place to roost is, is believed to be a place of safety and comfort. It's not a place where carpet pythons are waiting, but it's this place where the birds would go and they can shelter for the night in safety. And I want you to hear this, that one of the things that God sets us apart for is for his rest. Now, I, I know that we hear that and a lot of people are like, man, that's good because I am tired. Like I'm going home to have a nap on the couch today in Jesus' name, right? <laughs> but I want you to know this, is that rest in the kingdom is active rest. 
It's a space where we are living out the plans and purposes of God, but we know the peace that comes from God's rest. We know the safety. It's like we're roosting in safety, even though we're fulfilling the things that God is calling us to in life. How many people know that God wants to see us embraced his rest in 2024? to keep our eyes fixed on his plans and purposes and in that place of living that out that we could know his peace and know his safety and provision in that place. This is what God wants for us as his people who are set apart for him. We're set apart for God's plans and purposes. We're set apart as a witness. Verse 15 Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? So the Israelites were about to move into a land where the people worship different gods And they lived very different lives. If you think about it, we live in a land where people worship different gods and live very different lives to followers of Jesus. The challenge is sometimes we can let them look the same. Sometimes that is what it can look like for each one of us. But Moses had this desire that God's people would be marked in a way that as they went about following him, that people would see these people are different because of the God they worship. This was his heart for his people. Now next week, in week three of this series, we're gonna dig into the details of how God actually specified for Israel to be set apart in their lifestyle. But every single one of us in the power of the Holy Spirit has the ability to come to God's Word and to read it and to discern what does this look like for me to follow Jesus? What will I be a part of? What will I not be a part of? And the Bible teaches us that living set apart is a daily life where we don't worship the things the world worships, where we don't value the same things that the world values, where our lives are an expression of love and not hate, where our identity comes from our Creator and not media or man, where our external life matches our internal life and we don't live with secrets kept in the dark, where we lift people up instead of tearing people down, where we lead with generosity instead of hoarding wealth, where we look to God and not to people or governments, where God is our priority and not just our last resort, where the way that we live actually points people to the goodness of God. This is what it looks like to be set apart. 
And I want you to hear this, is that the enemy would love you to forget that you have been set apart as a child of God. Every day, he would love you to forget that that is your identity. 1 Peter chapter 1, there's this passage about living in holiness. Verse 13 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. That word holy in this context means to be consecrated, to be set apart for worship of God. And so this encouragement that we read is to be set apart in everything that we do, everything that we do, that we would be set apart. I'm going to get the team up. As, as they come up, I want you to just have a think about this, you know, The Israelites are on this journey. They've left Egypt where they've known certain things. They're on this journey to the promised land where they are learning who God is and how he is calling them to live in intimacy with him. And so we realise that in this process, there are things that need to be left behind and there are things that need to be embraced As they walk forward, there are things that are going to be left in the desert and there are going to be things that are embraced as they walk into their future with God. And I wonder what this looks like for you. As we head into this year, as we head into this next season, I wonder what it would look like for you to leave some things behind. Maybe some behaviours from your old life that was before Jesus? What if you could just leave them behind as you walk forward with Him? What are some things that you are learning to walk in now you're walking with the Lord into all His promises, into all His goodness for you? What are some things you're learning? Maybe you're starting to read the Bible more regularly, daily. You're getting in God's Word and you're starting to learn just who God is and how much He loves you. And as as you walk into the new with Him, you're walking knowing that He knows you, that God knows you. Out of all the people, In the world, God knows you and His favour rests on you. Maybe you're learning to pray. Maybe you, you are learning that this process of coming to the Lord and praying means you don't have to worry about anything, but you can pray about everything. 
And as you're starting to pray, you are seeing God break in and bring healing and bring change to situations simply because you are bringing them to the feet of the one true living God. And as you walk into this new with God, you see these challenges, but you know, I can pray about that. I'm gonna give that to the Lord. God, I see that mountain. I wonder what you're gonna do about that. If you're a husband in this room, maybe you're learning just to love your wife. The way that we read in Scripture, it says that Jesus laid down His life for the church, that we're called to love our wives in the same way way and as we're walking into the new this year with the Lord that we're learning God help me and teach me how to love my wife in the way that you desire that I could honor her with my very life just as Jesus did and does for the church maybe for you it's a faith step where you've left this life where There was no faith in your old life. It was about what you could do, how you could push through, how you could make things happen. And you step into this new where the Lord is leading you and you realise now the things of the kingdom are gonna be accessed through faith. And I'm gonna learn and I'm gonna pray that God would increase my faith. That the things that I have need for in faith, I can believe for. The healing I need in my life, in faith, I'm gonna believe for that and I'm gonna access that in faith. The provision that we need in our situation right now, we're gonna believe in faith that God can do that. These heart issues in my life that don't seem to be changing when I try and fix them in faith, I'm gonna believe that God can sort this out for me. What's gonna get left in the desert? What's gonna get left behind? I want you to know this. Every single one of us is set apart by the Lord for His plans and purposes, for relationship with Him to be a witness to others of His goodness. And that means that you are set apart when you wake up and when you go to work in the morning. You're set apart when you go to school and university. You're set apart when you're doing the shopping. You're even set apart when you're driving. You're set apart when you go to the gym. You're set apart when you go for a walk around the block. You are set apart for the things of God. And so we're gonna pray today. And we're gonna worship God and we're gonna anoint people with oil as we pray. I'm gonna bring down some of the elders of our church and we're gonna invite people to come forward and they're gonna anoint people with oil simply as a symbolic act that those things that are anointed with oil are set apart, that they're consecrated for the plans and purposes of God. And that anyone here today that says, yes, yes, Lord, I wanna walk in this set apartness into all the things that you have for me, that you would have this opportunity to come and just 
be prayed for, be blessed today. You might wanna come if you're a couple, come and be prayed for. If you're here as a family, you might wanna come and be prayed for as a family. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.